Hi, I'm Jay Thomas, and welcome to Bald Tires, a proud member of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Now, restoring a car of any age takes a certain amount of money and time, commitment, and certainly skill. But imagine having the skill and talent to customize that car along the way. My guest today is a guy who's been doing that since he was, well, a little kid. He started with models, and he'll tell us all about it. Alan Thomas joins me, and we're not related anyway, but we got to know each other through the Shifters Car Club in Saskatoon. Alan has done some incredible builds over the years. I've seen some of them, but we're going to talk about all of them and how we got into this passion of his uh, through this part one of the podcast, but also we're going to continue in part two next week with all the incredible builds he's done over the past 50 years. Lots of laughs and good stories on the way. I'm Jay Thomas. Thanks for listening to Bald Tires, because when you make great memories, you make bald tires. The Saskatchewan Podcast Network is supported by Conexus. Wellness, however you define it, is achievable. You don't even need to figure it all out yourself. Talk to Conexus. They'll give you guidance, motivation, and the push you need to reach your goals. They've got you. They're your financial partner, and they know you can achieve your very best, your financial best. Prove them right. Start right now at Conexus Credit Union. The Saskatchewan Podcast Network is also supported by Direct West. Is marketing getting in the way of running your business? Direct West has a local expert team right here in Saskatchewan that will work with you to build your website exactly how you imagine it. Let them help you improve your online presence and head to directwest.com to learn more. Well, I've made my way over to my friend Alan's place and uh, I've known Alan for a few years now. His name is Alan Thomas. No, we're not in any relation, but uh, but uh, Alan's joining me right now for this podcast. Alan, thanks for coming on with me. Oh, thanks, Jay, for having me. Yeah, well, you know what? We met with the Shifters Car Club in Saskatoon, exactly. and uh, you know, you're you're a guy who's got lots of stories. And I thought, you know, that's perfect for the podcast because this guy's got a story about everything, and we got a whole list of cars that you got, you know, that you've done. But let's start with this: How many cars do you think you've sort of owned over the years? I would say close to 200. Close to 200. Is, is my, you know, my estimate. Your estimate, yeah. yeah. Now, some of them were quick cars, right? They were, you know, buy and sell and things like that kind of fast. Exactly. And yeah. then a lot of them took a long time and you rebuilt them from nothing. You pulled them out of the ditch or you pulled them out of a field and you put the whole thing back together. And some of the stuff you got, you've, you've highly customized. But, you know, before we get into some of these cars... Let's go back to the beginning because I want to know where Alan Thomas came from and how he got to be a car guy. Well, I was born in 1947. <laughs> okay. And, and I, I started messing around with wooden cars. They called them soapbox cars in those days. Yeah. At probably age seven, somewhere in that ballpark. So you were already into the car by age seven. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then from there, I, I made my first one that, that ran by itself with a, with a washing machine engine on the back of it. Oh, cool. And it was made out of wood, of course. So that was the first one that I got moving. Uh, later on, as time went on, I guess when I was about oh, 12, 11 or 12, I started building, it was 1958 actually, I started building uh, a model cars. And from that, what I did was, uh, the body shops in those days was, was doing custom cars. And the, body, the owner of the body shop just lived down the back alley from us. And what would happen was somebody would come in and explain to them what they wanted to customize. Right. But what he was, the, the, they were seeing, and what the guy was telling them was two different things. <laughs> and it was really expensive in those days to change anything because it was all lead. Sure. So, so they got me to start uh, uh, making models. And so I got a lot of input in custom cars at a very young age. I used to use uh, plastic wood. And, and I would get a model that was really close to what 
they had. And uh, I would use plastic wood to make the moldings and stuff like that. And then the guy would say, hey, that's really good. So the body shop had a, an idea of how, what, what the whole thing was about. So you, you spent your time as a kid making prototype custom cars. That's uh, what you were doing, Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, that's basically it. I never looked at it that way. I was just making these things out of my head. And so, so I did that. And then uh, we started uh, with Model A's. Like there was a lot of Model A's around on farms because th- they were no use to anybody because the technology had long since gone by it. Right. With their mechanical brakes and stuff like that. So, so we went out to the farms, myself and a few of my buddies. We'd get on our bikes and we'd go riding out in the farms and we'd go up to a farmer and, and we'd see a Model A and, and we'd say, well, how much for that Model A? And the farmer would say, just get it out of here. I've been farming around that damn thing for years. Just, just get it out of here. <laughs> so, 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 so we would go and get some gasoline and, and, a, and a tire pump, and we'd pump up the tires if they yeah. needed it. And, and we more or less got them going right in the field. And then we'd take them back into town, and, and we'd clean them up. And, and some we even painted when we chopped the top off, stuff like that. And then we'd sell them to the teenagers. <laughs> so, so they, and, and the going price was $40. So, so, so 40 bucks for a whole car. Yeah. For a whole car. Re- ready to go. Yeah. Ready to go. <laughs> well, more or less as much, as much as the model A was ready to go. <laughs> but anyhow, that's what, that's what we did. So we got into that. Um, then, uh, as I grew up, I started the very first custom car was actually a 37 Ford that we got. I think we traded some model A's for it, but anyway, it was a 37 Ford. And it didn't have any front fenders or anything when we got it. So I, we put a, I put a 48 Ford front end on it. Oh, cool. And, and Well, it was really ugly, and we couldn't get a hood, of course, to fit. So that, that was the way it was. We painted that thing mauve with red and yellow flames. And, and, I, and I don't remember actually driving. I was really young still. I was probably 14 at the time. We got it running, and, and we sold it. But that, that was the very first so-called hot rod that, that I did. Uh, then... When I was in grade eight, I built a 50 Ford with a, um, a 56 Thunderbird engine in it. Oh, cool. And that was the, I drove that quite a bit. I wasn't supposed to because I was, again, 14 years old, <laughs> but I used to drive it to school. <laughs> so, so it was a different time, and, yeah, that's, and right. that's what it was. So was, this, was this small town Saskatchewan, or were you this in This was in Nippon, Saskatchewan. It was in Nippon, okay, yeah. yeah. It's, it's where I grew up. So, so that's, that was about it for that. Okay, after that, uh, I came to school in Saskatoon, uh, to business college in Saskatoon. And um, I was driving a 47 Merc uh, four-door sedan, one of those great big things. Yep. And I had that, and I took the crank out of it. So I bought a, uh, an American Pontiac for $25 <laughs> and, and drove it back and forth to Nippon at that. Wow. So, so that was kind of the history of the early stuff. Um, after that, uh, I, I graduated from, from business college, and I, and I bought a... Actually, I bought my father's 61 Meteor. Okay. A big car, huh? Because the other ones were kind of not that good. Let's put it that way. And, and I started, and I went, and I, um, just, I went to Miota for um, uh, a summer job, uh, and it wound up being 14 years. Wow. So I, I actually ran, this, I became manager of the store when my uh, good friend Herb Sparrow, who was a senator, bought the store. And, uh, and him and I were friends, even though I was always saying abolish the Senate and he was always telling me why not to, but anyhow, we were, we were good friends and, and he bought the store and he said, and he said, I wanted you to run it. So I did for, for that many, but, but while I was in Miota, that's when I started building a lot of cars there. Okay. Uh, that's when I got into Thunderbirds. 
uh, 59 and 60 Thunderbirds. And I did nine of those cars, one after the other, basically, uh, rebuilding them. So, so that was that. And then also, uh, while I was there, I also built uh, 63 convertibles and stuff like that. Whole bunch of cars so so you were you were was every one of these customized most of them were customized yeah I, I did a lot of custom cars and and sold them i did some there was a guy in, in uh, edmonton who had five of my cars and that's oh really that's more i built one for him for his wife actually and it was a, a 63 what was it a comet one of those comedy dealies mavericks or whatever they were yep right i did one for for her and then he wanted me to do another one and i and i um, i did one for him and he went out and they went out and bought three other ones so they they had more cars than i had no of my cars customer actually now is the first time uh in my whole life that uh, that we've owned as many cars uh, ourselves like between my son and i and yeah. my brother and things like that but the cars that i've built so that's what it is Cool. So, okay, okay, let me let me ask you this. Okay. Uh, where did you like? You were building custom cars for from a super young age. Yeah. You were doing it, you know, as you were in Miota, running that store, and 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 kind of as a, as a, a hobby and a side gig and all right. that stuff. Where did you learn to do that? Did you teach okay. yourself everything? Yes. Yeah. And, and that's an interesting thing too. Glad you brought that up, Jay. How I I, I got interested in in all this stuff was I, the bodywork stuff. I would go to the body uh, the body shop and just hang out with the guys and they would teach me this stuff. I didn't, you know, they, they, they saw I was interested and they would, they would teach me and I'd, I'd hammer on dents and stuff like that and, and little things like that. So that's how I learned body work was just from that. Um, the engine part, uh, one of my friends, uh, dad was a really good mechanic and, and I would go and help him uh, on his on his stuff that he was doing. So right. he taught me how to, and I'm and I can't say I'm really great, you know, about being able to rebuild a whole engine. I guess an engine, but transmissions, no. Right. And yeah. and, uh, and uh, that and the upholstery. Um, one of my friends, uh, his dad owned an upholstery shop. Yep. So he was really interested in upholstery too. So his dad taught him and I how to how to do upholstery. And I can still remember the first time we did a headliner. Uh, his name was Terry. Terry and I decided we were going to put a headliner in a 60 Chevy uh, <laughs> uh, car. So, so okay, here we go. So, it's leather. So, okay. So, so, and it was striped. In those days, everything was striped. So, anyway, we're putting this headliner in. And, and we, we sewed it all up and had it sitting there. And uh, we pulled it all tight. And, and one, it was actually black and red. And one of the stripes was wider than the other one. Uh-oh. And his, his dad comes along and says, didn't you do a stretch test? And apparently we didn't know enough that we had to stretch the material <laughs> and it had to be stitched up differently. But anyway, that was our first deal with, with uh, upholstery. So you had, you had enough people around you when you were kind of growing up and, and at, through that process, you know, people who taught you this stuff. But they were, you had somebody, like you said, who was into mechanics, somebody in interiors, yeah. and then a, a whole bunch of guys in, into body work. Yes. They, they were using lead at that time? Yes, the body. That's so when, Bondo wasn't a thing yet? No. There, and, and and it wasn't for quite a few years because the first bondo was like uh, uh, like water water putty okay and it would come off <laughs> really easy <laughs> so so it wasn't until oh probably maybe 20 25 years ago now that white lightning came along 
and it was actually something that adhered to something. <laughs> white lightning. <laughs> no, that's what it was called, white lightning. And it was actually something that was in, that actually kind of worked. Yeah. But the stuff nowadays is is fantastic stuff. So. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I mean, that's it's come a long way. But you 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 were using lead to customize all this stuff, yeah, and you but, were already at that point cutting roofs and you know uh, channeling stuff and and I, wrenching tail lights and all that. I wasn't. I wasn't. I was I was designing the stuff at that time. I I never used lead. I, I you know I just never did that. Okay. Uh, but my, mainly in the body shops when I was learning it was mainly pounding, and that kind of stuff. Uh, chopping and stuff. I didn't physically do it, but I designed some of those cars that we chopped. Cool. Uh, um, I I've chopped cars since then uh, myself, and yep. the one I have now I didn't. Uh, oddly enough, the, the the meteor that I have right now with the chop top. I didn't chop the top. Somebody else had chopped it back in 1982. Okay. But they, they screwed up because they, um, when you cut, chop a top, you got to chop the, the back where the back window is and the front where the front window is. And then yes. you fill it in in the middle. Mm-hmm. So you got to make those things fit. And they didn't do that. I had to design a back window for it, which was really, really tough. So that, we kind of talked about your first car, which yep. is phenomenal. And all this, the cool stuff you learned as you were a kid growing up and kind of what got you into it. And obviously you were, you know, just into cars I was the same way as a kid, just fascinated by them from, you know, a really super young age. And, and, and I played with cars and, you know, you've got, you've got models you built and made starting in the fifties and, and yep. customized those pretty cool and, and, and learned to do all that. Um, <laughs> let's go through some of the cars that we, we, you, you said there's about 200 of them that you've had, but we got a, a selection. We wanted to talk about some cool ones that you've done along the way. And we got some pictures, by the way, go to jthomasauto.ca. You're going to find the pictures there of, <laughs> of all these cool cars we're talking about. Okay. Let's go with the oldest one that's in the pack here. If I go through the list, there is a 41. We'll just go by. We'll, we won't go by when you got them. We'll just go by the oldest model year. Okay. How about whichever, that? Whichever way you want to go. There's a 41 Dodge truck. And it's finished in orange now, and you guys pulled it out of somewhere. There's a story on that one. Uh, uh, what happened there was uh, I worked for Sherwood Chev, and there was a, a salesman there who had this 41 Dodge in his backyard, and the trees had grown through it and everything. But what happened was his neighbor didn't like the idea that it was sitting there. He, he wasn't appreciative of it. So, <laughs> so he phoned the city, and the city gave Ward, the guy's name is Ward, uh, uh, 30 days to get rid of the thing. So, so Ward come, comes and says, you know, he was bitching about the city, and, and, and rightly so. <laughs> but anyway, at that time, I had made a bet with some of the guys in the shifters that I could uh, build a, a, a hot rod for $2,500. <laughs> so, and, and, not, and not use it, so, so not use anything that I had in, in the shop or anything. I could build a, a hot rod for $2,500. And about the same time, Ward comes along with this car. So I said, hey, that'll, that'll work for the hot rod. And he sold it to me for $600. So, so I, so I'm, I'm good now. I'm, I'm really on the way. So a buddy of mine, uh, who, who worked for a towing company and I go over there with, with the big tow truck and, uh, we have to get in there with, with uh, chainsaws and cut the trees out that's holding it down. And this, this is in the city. So you can understand what the neighbor was thinking of. Sure. But, but anyway, <laughs> we got it out of there and we hauled it home. It was about a one and a half or two ton truck. It was a, it was a big truck when, when we hauled it out of there and, it looked like it was probably used for grain because they'd cut the back end out of the, the end gate. So anyway, we, we haul that home. And, and now I say, okay, now I'm going to get an S10 because I thought, well, that'll work really good. Sure. So I put an ad on Kijiji and, and sure enough, a guy phones me up and his S10 had been taken off the road by the city yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because it was too rusty. 
but it ran really good and everything. So I said, okay, let, I'll go in and, and do that. So, so I got the S10, and I think I paid $600 for that as well. So now I'm into $1,200, and it looks like I'm really making hay here. And, and so I, uh, I, I get them both home and strip them all both off and, and then put the body of the, of the, of the Dodge. Uh, Dodge onto the, onto the chassis of the S10. <laughs> but I wasn't paying attention when I, when I did it. I felt that the front of the of the Dodge was equal with the running boards, so I chopped it up and and, and then you put the the cab on first. So I stick the cab on it. I channeled it eleven inches. Looked really cool until we put the front on and it was on the ground. <laughs> so so that that wasn't going so well. So 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 now I had to raise it up uh, four inches, I believe I did, or three inches. Raised it up and then we put the, the it back on. So um, from there, we took an interior, put it in, and my $2,500 was going past really fast because I, it wasn't that bad because I still left the six-cylinder in there with a the four-speed. Yep. But then I, the tires looked really ugly, so I went and bought some wheels and stuff like that, and I was, you know, $1,000 here, $1,000 there, yeah. and I was, I was out of the ballpark already. So that went by, and then I painted it, and, and, and I drove it like that for, for a while. Uh, pounded all the dents out. It was a really bad for taking the dents out of. Uh, it, even the roof was dented. They tried to drive it under something, and, 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 and even even the roof was bad. But I got it all straightened out and it looked pretty good. And then I painted it. Painted it in my backyard, because my buddy at uh, Platinum Paint and Body hadn't put his new shop in there yet, so he only had this little paint booth in there. Wouldn't fit the truck. Well, it would fit the truck, but when you paint this thing, you had to paint it uh, all in pieces. Oh. So, so you had to paint both sides and you had to do it all at once. So, you know, under the fenders, the hoods and, you know, everything, every, every little piece was painted individually. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you had to have a, a big paint booth. But anyway, so I, I get up in the morning at five in the morning and I spent black plastic. I'd already made uh, racks for all these parts and I spent, uh, spread black plastic all over the, the backyard and I hung these parts up on, uh, on the racks and then I went around the neighborhood with raid and, 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 and so that's what we did so we got this we got it I got it all set up and I started painting about and it was a perfect day the, the humidity was perfect there was no, no wind. wind yeah it was just perfect so I, I painted the whole thing and uh, out in the yard and uh, and my buddy Alan came by afterwards and said hey you know you couldn't have did better in the paint booth and it actually turned out really good oh that's cool it was more good luck than good management though to tell you the truth <laughs> but anyhow it, uh, the paint job is still on the car uh, the truck um, several years later we'll stick with this one several years later I um, gave the truck to my son you, it was it was tough to drive with that four speed in there it's the cab was so small that you almost had to open the door to shift gears <laughs> and, 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 it, and it didn't have a it didn't have a a, a tilt steering wheel so, oh, yeah. so everything was just cramped in there and it was it was it was pretty bad so anyway uh, i gave it to him and he had it for about six months and then he said dad you know we should maybe put some engine in this thing so so we bought a, a dragster truck and it was also an s10 and took the motor transmission to rear end out of it and, and put it in this oh, cool. other truck. So, so that's what it is now. Um, it's, I would, I'm estimating it has about 400 horsepower and it probably weighs about 2,800 pounds. Holy. So, so I'm thinking that it'd probably be a good 13 second car. He hasn't ran it yet, but he will run it sometime this year. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 
Wow. Anyway, that's that one. That's that one. Okay, let's move up the list. So the next thing I can see is a 41 Dodge. And again, go to jthomasauto.ca for pictures. Uh, I think we move into Orange Crush. And that's oh. the name you gave it. It's a 52 Studebake Starlight Coupe. That one we bought uh, as a supposedly finished car. This car had a really interesting history. It came from Las Vegas. The speed shop in Las Vegas had uh, done the car. Wow. And it, it wasn't, you know, done totally right. Um, they had done a, a fantastic job. I think what the, had happened, if I think about it, is they got the front end done and then they lost out of time or interest or whatever they did. Mm-hmm. And they, um, they built that whole front end on an English wheel. Oh, wow. And the whole thing was, was shaped on an English wheel by hand. And, and it was done really, really well. And the, that's the front fenders. And then, then when they got to the rest of the car, it was, it was really bad. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it even had the, the, the cloth-coated wiring in it. And, and they didn't put any fuses in it. And, and, oh, boy. And, and, and it, was, it was, yeah. So anyhow, uh, we drove it. It was and it was a lime green thing. Uh, my son drove it uh, quite a bit, and I drove it quite a bit. But uh, but then we decided that we would um, change it. Let's put it that way. <laughs> so so we cut the back off of it, and we and we uh, and we sunk uh, fifty uh, two fifty nine Cadillac taillights on on each side, and we rounded the whole back of the car uh, in a roll pan, which was really fun. <laughs> I bet it. Uh, yeah, my my buddy Al and I were actually him and I did this kind of car together, and and uh, we were sitting there having a few pop, and and decided that we should how we were going to do this car. So so rather than think really hard on it, we just started cutting and welding, <laughs> and, and and making it, yeah yeah, and, and it turned out it looked like a snowplow at the back. <laughs> 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 and we decided, well, that's not so good. You know? oh, so we cut it all off. We did a little bit more thinking with less pop. <laughs> and, 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 and we created, uh, we created the car Orange Crush. And, uh, and it was a really good car. And, and, uh, and it, we eventually, I eventually sold that car and uh, kept the, the Dodge half done, or the Dodge truck. Okay, so the 52 Studebaker Orange Crush, what was under the hood? It was a, it was a mighty 305. Mighty 305. Oh yeah, it had no horsepower. It was strictly for looks. Yeah, it was it was yeah, it was that kind of a car. But so it looked really cool but really didn't do a whole yeah, lot. Well, it it sounded really cool. Yeah. And it looked really cool, but if you it wasn't beating too many people. It had a it had a really big high if you look at the pictures, it had a really big high uh, air scoop on it and all that kind of stuff. Yep. It looked like something that uh, you know, a drag car is what it looked like. And it sounded like one, too. I don't think, you know, so it wasn't bad that way. That's pretty fun. That's yeah, pretty fun. It was a good car. The next on the list, I think, is a 53 MG kit car. Oh, yeah. That one I took on trade. It was, it was in rough shape when, we, when, when I got it. Uh, it was even in rougher shape when I drove it because what had happened was another car that they seemed to think that you don't need fuses in. And, and, <laughs> and, and what happened was... With this car, I got it going and, and it was running and, and everything. And I put an air cleaner on it and I was turning it into my back alley. And uh, the air cleaner shorted out the wires. <laughs> and we had a big fire going and I couldn't turn the ignition off because it all burned together. So I had to run home about a block away and, and, and get and get a uh, wrench to disconnect the battery. But that car was, um, when I got it, it, was, it, it didn't handle. It, it was just not that good of a car. 
Um, okay, it was a kit car, right? It you was said, a kit. So it was, what was it, it was, was it made out of? It was kind of a kit car. I, I say kind of a kit car because it was built in a factory in Pennsylvania, and that's what they were doing. They were building these cars, and they were guaranteeing that they would look just like the MG, and they actually did. Um, I, I can't. Re- one had the windshield wiper on the top, and one had the windshield wiper on the mm, bottom. Okay, but that was the only thing I could see that 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 uh, was different. So it was like a replica then of an MG. Well, that's what they were. They were replica cars. Yeah. But they were supposed to be these close to replicas, and they and they were, it was you know it was another one of the, it was Volkswagen engine in it. So okay, anything with a Volkswagen engine is and a rear engine car. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, and, and, and it had big long hood and all that. It looked really cool. It ran pretty cool. Uh, it was a lot of work for nothing. <laughs> but <laughs> but but other than that, you know. <laughs> why was it Why was it for nothing? Well, it it, did, it just didn't perform. It wasn't... Because uh, underneath it was just a Volkswagen yeah, Beetle. Exa- exactly. You hit it right on the court. You really, you were just driving a Volkswagen. You know. Yeah. So, what you know, there's, there's things you can do, I think, now. But, I mean, not not a lot, really, that makes them, you well, know, excellent. We kind of souped it up a little bit. Like I said, we put those air cleaners and stuff on it and opened up some of the valves and... But it still was a Volkswagen. <laughs> and I didn't really feel all that safe in it, to tell you the truth. Is <laughs> <laughs> it fiberglass? Is it made of fiberglass? Yeah, it was fiberglass. Yeah, they were fiberglass. And, and, and it was easy. it's easy to work on fiberglass because it's easy to patch, really, to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. But it's not all that safe, right? It doesn't hold. Oh, well, <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> no, it's, it's not all that safe. It's not that, all that, safe. That, that one wasn't. I think fiberglass as a whole is just as safe as steel, honestly, if you got it in, or, in the right car. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of cars today are, are fiberglass and carbon fiber and plastic. Yeah, no, that's true. You know, yeah. yeah, that's like right. Plastic, like, like uh, my Camaro was, was, was the doors and a whole bunch of it was just plain plastic. I guess as long as there's sort of steel structure behind it, it's okay, well, right? Yeah, if the steel structure was mounted onto anything that was any good, it that, would be. That's right. You know, that's honestly, true. it's it's not. It's, they're not the best of things. But I I think that they you know the the steel today, especially on some of these cars today, is so thin that it's just like it would it tears up real easy. Yeah, you know. Well, so. I think it's just designed to be different, right? So instead well, of being a big solid impact bumper and thick steel, right? You know, it crushes up. But but you'll be surprised how well the structure holds around the people, right? So and that's the way they should be. Exactly, yeah. it, right? It wears off a lot of the energy. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it sort of say you sort of sacrifice the car to save the people, versus is, the other way around. Exactly. Yeah. You I, know, I remember uh, back in the old days when I was stock car racing, we used to build those things just like army tanks, and uh, when you hit something or something, everything went into your body. Yeah. All the impact went into your body. You were so you were sore all week. <laughs> but Bru- you still got bruised back up and yeah, knocked yeah, off and, know, yeah okay yeah. <laughs> well you know you, you open that can of worms stock car racing oh yeah tell me tell me before we keep going about the other cars tell me a little bit about you what you did with that and how you got involved uh stock car racing was was just in its infancy in canada at the time uh they were actually racing around on fairs on on the horse tracks yep and these fair tracks were were uh, Five eighths a mile because they were horse tracks, and that was the, the going for five eighths a mile. Mm-hmm. So you would get going really fast, sort of. <laughs> and, and these cars were so bad; they were called jalopies, and they were so bad that that uh, if you went through the corner, and these were big long corners, if you went through the corner at forty miles an hour, they fell over. <laughs> so so that's that's where I started was was in in those. Uh, then I ran a coupe um, for a year. Uh, in Prince Albert, I think it was. Okay. Yeah, yeah Prince Albert. 
uh, ran a coupe, and then from there, I went to a 50 Ford that I ran out of Melford. Now, don't ask me why I ran out of, well, I kind of do know, because they were just starting up a club there, and I, and I was from Nippon. It's kind of so, close. Yeah, yeah sure. But, but the fact of the matter was, at that time, I lived in Miota. <laughs> so, so, so that was, that was the car I drove. Um, uh, I had that one and, and eventually I just gave it to a friend of mine in, in Nippon and he drove it in Melford after, after I did a few times. Then I, um, <clears throat> went from that to, uh, to, a, a, a 59 Pontiac, which I drove here in Saskatoon, uh, in the fairgrounds. Oh, cool. Cause the, between the, the track in Saskatoon used to be on, on, um, uh, 8th Street. It was mm-hmm. about where McCurcher is. And uh, in between building Bridge City and that track there, uh, we raced a year in the fairgrounds, much to the chagrin of everybody in Saskatoon. But in, <laughs> but anyhow, we did race that year. And I remember uh, I, there was kind of railway ties on end around the, the, the corner. And, and then there was an eight-foot fence behind it. And and I I I spun out and I hit the hit the railway ties and they they went down like a ramp, and I wound up sitting on that ramp and 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 on the fence. <laughs> that was my memories of of that track. Uh, so then I, from there I, I I went to North Battleford. Well, I went, I lived in North Battleford, but the next year, I talked the fair board and front some of my friends who owned a, a big construction company there uh, uh, into. Um, and the fair board into building a track at the racetrack in North Battleford, which I, I became president of the stock car club at that, that time. So, so that's where we went. And, uh, we ran there. It was really su- successful that year because the, the track wasn't ready in Saskatoon. So all the guys from Saskatoon ran there. I remember I used to go on the air on, on the radio show there and, uh, and promise everybody that if we didn't have 20 cars, it would be free. No, uh, we weren't going to charge. Oh, wow! If we couldn't do that, so because I ble- believed a lot in the show, but then as times went on, I got really nervous about this whole thing because, because the Sass- the North Balfour Soccer Club was so widespread. There was people from Glasland, Lloyd Minister, all over the place. Yeah, and you and you heard about these cars, but you never saw them, so you mm-hmm. didn't know how many cars he had. So I'm getting real nervous about this 20 car deal. Yeah. So I started phoning a bunch of my friends that I'd raced with in Rosetown and Regina and Saskatoon and stuff like that. Hey, you guys owe me a favor. Could you show up? Could you show up here? Because I'm going to be in big trouble here. And and so anyway, they showed up. We had like 42 cars there uh, uh, for that opening day, and uh, and it went really well. And 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 lots of fans. Wow, that's a great so, story. Yeah. So from there, of course, I've moved to Saskatoon and, yep. and, and been involved with stock car racing here, uh, with, with, particularly with Brad Reddick. But Alan Johnson and I, before that, used to run invitationals around Western Canada in, in between. So Now, Brad Reddick is number 88 yes. right now yep. in the sportsman division, yes. right? Yes. And so you, you, you're part of that team. You, you help with setup and stuff like that, right, of the vehicle, right? Yeah, Brad and I go back. Uh, my buddy Alan Johnson and I, we, we raced all over Western Canada. We, we raced 40, 45 races a year. Uh, we raced invitationals, two-day invitationals. And Alan passed away, and so I just walked away from racing. Mm. I, I, didn't, uh, I, I didn't do anything with racing for, I don't know, probably five, six, seven, eight, quite a, quite a long time. I don't know how long it was. But Brad Reddick and I have, were friends all the way back since the, 19, the 80s. Huh? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Brad... And Brad was, you know, uh, always involved in stock car racing here. One day he phoned me up and said, will you, will you, will you come and help me? 
and uh, and and I thought about it, and I thought about it for a good, probably two weeks before wow. before I decided, yeah, I'll go back because Brad was a really good guy, and I, and and so maybe I can help him. So I said, okay, I'll come back. So so I went back and 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 ran. We were running um, street stock at the time. The first year we 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 didn't do much. The second year we came in second. And and we would have won the second. I had said that, and it's true that we would have won the second year if we would have just got the car started. Because he had this, <laughs> he had it was the final race. We were five points uh, ahead, and and uh, and all we would have had to do was start the car and go around the track, and we would have been good. But he had this automatic transmission in in the car. Yep. And we couldn't push start it, and we couldn't get it going. So so we lost that one. So then I got really involved after that. There's a company called crazy Kalicki in new york okay that used to supply alan and i with our parts uh <laughs> and, and so i i phoned crazy and said uh you know like like i need a setup for this car it, it was it was actually a monte carlo and those things are basically grocery getters mm-hmm. and they're not race cars at all and we were racing against camaros and stuff so anyway I, I, I said, uh, what do you guys, I need a setup. <laughs> really good. I, yeah. I, I don't like these grocery getters. I hate them. You can't set them up properly. What do you think? And, and, and so between them and I, we sat down and we, we figured it out on the phone. Yep. Uh, what we're going to do. And uh, they sent some shocks and springs and stuff and, and uh, put them in the car. And, and we won the next year. Actually, wow. we, we, actually, we won it by so much that we we won it. We didn't even have to start the car in the last day. We, we so 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 we took care of that. So 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 we won with that was the street stock division. Uh, we did that. We uh, then moved on to trucks, and and we didn't do very well in trucks. Uh, we were middle of the pack okay. at best. Then after that, I, I, well, in the last couple of years of trucks, Brad ran by himself. And uh, and I always told him that if you wanted, if you were ever going to run a real race car, uh, <laughs> and literally, uh, uh, just phone me and I'll go half with you. You know, if, we, if we're going to buy a real race car, phone me and I'll and I'll go half with you. So one day after he, I guess he'd been racing a couple of years without me, he phoned me up and said, "Oh, let's go sportsman racing." So I said, "Okay, fine, let's let's do that." So we went out and bought a car, and we bought all the parts and set it up, and and we actually did really quite well uh we actually wound up third oh. in the thing we were, we won the rookie trophy we won third we won all kinds of trophies so that worked out really well and uh and, and that's where we are now uh, we're not racing this year because of uh, uh covid uh, running a, uh, a limited schedule so yeah, we right. decided not to run but we will be running next year oh cool yeah we'll be back that's that's a lot of fun. So, so yeah, and that's so that's stock car racing. Maybe we'll even move up into supers. Who knows? Yeah, that's you fantastic. Know. You know, Alan, I, what I what's kind of coming to me as we're talking about this is, man, you are one of the ultimate car guys. Yeah. No, really. I mean, you you know you you like you're into designing and the paintwork and the artistic side of it and the and the upholstery side of it. That's all that's all very artistic, you know. Yes. And then you know you're you're good with the mechanical side of it too, but you're amazing at cutting things up and putting them back together. And then you go racing and you go driving and yeah, like we took a run at drag racing one year and that didn't work out. <laughs> 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 gotta throw that in. <laughs> well, you told me you, you're not so great on a motorcycle, so oh, I guess it's gotta no. it's gotta have four wheels, right? Say, and and also I built hydroplanes, hydroplanes, and, and, and raised hydroplanes. Oh my gosh! Uh, uh, designed hydroplanes. I actually designed a hydroplane in California. What happened in this story with hydroplanes is, uh, when I was in high school, 
we decided, I decided that I was going to build a, a hydroplane as, as in shop, huh? <laughs> so, okay, so I'm going to build this hydroplane. But we, we made the plans out of the uh, popular mechanics. Yeah, We right. blew up the plans. It was in popular mechanics, and we blew up uh, the, the plans, uh, just kind of blew them up and, and measured everything, and, and, and I built the, this hydroplane. So after I built it, I ran it uh, at Candle Lake. They used to have a race different horsepower and stuff. So it was just a, an ordinary race against ordinary boats and stuff. There wasn't hydroplane racing. Or anything. <laughs> so anyway, I show up with this hydroplane and I actually rented the motor out of, out of a rental place <laughs> and stuck it on this thing. And, and it was a 15 horse motor and I, and I took it all the way up to the unlimited class. I run one, everything all the way up to the unlimited. It's a couple of, a guy, a guy with a 245s on his boat beat me, but but up to that, and so I said, this is kind of cool. But they had, at that time, they had a, a, a circuit down in uh, southern Saskatchewan and the northern states. <clears throat> and uh, and uh, so, so the next year, I took it down there, and, and the thing weighed 49 pounds. And, and, and uh, I got a motor from, from Mercury, the boat dealership in, in Nippon, okay. got this motor from, racing motor from Mercury. And, and, and it was light. I could go down, and I'd have the boat under one arm, and I had the motor under the other arm, and these other guys are all out there tuning the motors, and they had all these props and stuff, and I had two props, and, and that was it, in case I broke one. And, and, uh, and they had exhaust everywhere and everything like that. But the only trick was, theirs didn't really, they were basically flat-bottom boats. They looked like hydroplanes and stuff, but they really didn't plane. Right. They, they didn't have the pontoon set. They didn't have a lot of stuff set. So, so you had, what you had to do, these boats wouldn't float. So, so <laughs> boats that don't float, there you go. <laughs> what else can go yeah, wrong? Yeah. What can go wrong with that? Go wrong. You know, so you got a guy holding the boat and, and you fire <laughs> up the engine at the dock. So everybody lines up along the dock and, 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 you, uh, and you hold the boat and then they, then they say go and away you go. And, and so you go out and then, then it's an oval once you get out there. Huh? So, so I, I ran maybe wide open for a little wee bit until I got out there. But during the race, I, I never ran more than three quarters, and I could just walk on them. <laughs> really? So it was really good. But they, were, <laughs> they, they were the old rounded ones, huh? That's so, cool. So, so the name of the company was Glenelg. A doctor friend of mine who was young at the time, and has, you know, like seven years is quite a bit when you're, when you're 21 and he's 14. That's right. But it isn't so much when you're 30, 47 and he's 40. Yeah. So, so anyhow... He became a doctor, and, and uh, I got my gallbladder out. They, they, they took it out, and, and in four weeks, I felt really good. And I said, well, I can go back to work, Bob. And, he's, and he looked it up in insurance, and he says, his insurance says I can't go back to work for eight, eight weeks. Oh. So, so, so anyway, I, I, he, said, he said, why don't you build another one of those hydroplanes? So I did. And what I did was I, I, I phoned down to um, Popular Mechanics, and I got a really nice girl there who actually found me the, the plans again. Wow. Uh, uh, for, the, for the boat. And then I found out that Glenel was still uh, in existence. The guys who, who'd done that. Right. Done the boat. And so, um, so I contacted them. I, I was driving a semi at that time down in the States. And so I was down there and I dropped into their place. And, um, and we got talking and uh, one thing and another. And I said, well, how about if I design a boat that looks more like a boat today? Because these were the big rounded things, huh? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and so... So he said, that would be really cool. So I got a couple of uh, runs down to California <laughs> and, uh, and went and uh, worked on designing this boat down there. And, 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 it, looked, and it looked quite a bit like, um, like the, the boats 
that you saw here, the, the modified, a smaller version of the, of the modified boats you saw, saw here at the river. Wow. So, and it ran really well. That's cool. So, yeah, that's, that's my boating series. Your boating <laughs> experience. experience. Wow. And, it was, and it was fun doing. And actually, that, that last one was when I quit uh, uh, driving those things was uh, the, the prototype that I built. I was testing it, mm-hmm. and, and I, you got to be really careful. It's sort of like surfing. you got to really watch how you take the waves and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't paying attention, and I hit and I plowed into one of those waves, and uh, and I was going well. I would be going 55, 60 miles an hour. Oh, so, and they, they went and uh, and uh, and I plowed into one of those waves, and I went out of the boat, like a long ways out of the boat. <laughs> but I had a kill switch on it, so it, it died. It, did, it didn't go running. It didn't go it running didn't get away. away. It yeah. didn't get away. But I, when you hit the water, it, you kind of bounce, and then you then you just go under like real hard. Yep. And and you gotta. I have asthma, so it, it really bothered me a mm. lot because you got to wait for your life life preserver to tell you which way to swim because mm-hmm. you're under the water and you don't know which is up and which is down or, or anything. Yeah, huh? that's right. Yeah. So so you got to wait for your life life jacket to to start floating you in in one direction, and and so you and you don't really get a chance to get a whole bunch of air in your lungs. No. So, so Not after, when you're flying off yeah, or something. That's right. So after that, that's when I I, I quit uh, doing the, the boats. Anyway, that's that's the story. <laughs> that's the boat story. Cool. That's the boat story. Okay, so we're going to go back here to 1951. You got a car in the garage, Alan, that's super cool. You wouldn't even know what it is by looking at it. It's a 51 Meteor Victoria, a Mercury. Right. 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 It was it was sold by the Mercury dealerships. That was uh, a Ford sold Fords, and then the Mercury dealerships were separate in those days, mm-hmm. and they needed a cheaper car to sell, so they. Uh, just kind of modified the the Ford, so it was just basically a Ford with uh, different chrome on it. And different, different chrome, girl. yeah. And they, they did that for years, basically, yes, right? Yes. That's even Mercury in the eighties did the yeah, same thing with a lot of stuff. Yeah, any time that the, the difference was between them, it was a Mercury Lincoln dealership, is what they were. Yep. And they were supposed to be a little high end. That's where the Edsel came in and all that kind of stuff. Right. Okay, this fifty one Meteor. Where did you get it? Okay, where I got it was from a guy. Uh, Rod Rosenfeld had it, and it was out in his Quonset in Kalonzi is where it was. And I and I knew it was there for a few, well, four or five years I knew it was there. It wasn't doing anything but collecting mice, <laughs> dirt, <laughs> dust. Anyway, it was out there, and there wasn't. it was just a shell of a car. And where he got it from, he, he got it, uh, originally it was... Built in in British Columbia, and it was and, and everybody th- it looked more like the Batmobile than anything, <laughs> but it, it was painted flat black and it was really ugly, uh, and and all the body putty was falling off of it and, and and all kinds of stuff like that. He got he got it from a guy who claimed that they started working on it in 1982, in BC, and uh, and then they brought it out here and he had it. It was sitting on a frame that they said they had the motor and stuff running, but there's no way they did because one side was three inches longer than the other side. <laughs> and, and, and not only that, what, what they did was they used a, a, a metric frame and they put leaf springs on it. And, and, and it didn't fit worth, you know, two hoots in hell, let's put it right. <laughs> and, 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 and they had almost a foot long lowering blocks in the back and it was, it was goofy. So anyway, that was the frame that was under it. So how I bought it, um, I, uh, it played on my mind and I'd already built a model car that that I'd always dreamt I was going to build the real car of, 
And I kind of looked at this thing and I thought, well, I can maybe do it with this. And so that's what I did. I, I brought it home. So you, you built a model car yes. like years ago. Yes. In fact, it's over here in your sh- showcase. Yes. And then you went and built the car based on the model. I did that. That's cool. Yeah. And it was always a car that I wanted to build. So this all kind of played into what I wanted to do. So that's why I wound up with the car. Um, it was, it was uh, really bad. And it looks <laughs> nothing like it did now. But I used, I'll bet you I've used at least 50 uh, discs, uh, cutting discs to cut it up. I had pieces cut out of that things all over the place. Holy cow. And it was, it was, a, it was and, and you know, they had um, Chrysler taillights in it, but they weren't done well. They, they came to a really sharp point at the mm-hmm, back, mm-hmm. And, and, and it was solid steel back there. So cutting all of that out of was, was not fun, but that's what I did. You, so, you took an already customized car, and then you changed it to customize it the way you wanted it to be. Right. To be. You know, okay, so it's like the, the roof is chopped. Yes. Uh, the, the reason why I did did what you just said was there was, I, I could see enough custom work on it that I, that I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And especially rounding the, uh, the edges of the hood and the trunk and stuff like that. It takes a long, long time to do that. And that was already done. Mm. So stuff like that. And also the roof was chopped. It wasn't done right. Um, at least not right the way I, I would do it. But uh, what happened was they didn't pay attention to the back window. And so it was really difficult to to come up with a a solution. I wanted to keep the back window the way it was because of the lines of the car. Mm -hmm. I had other things I was going to do if I couldn't do that. I was going to take either cut the back off of an ordinary 50 Ford and lay it in there or or, uh, make a a, a Carson top that you can lift off yep. like a fake convertible top there. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so that's was my other two plans, but I re- really, first of all, wanted to um, do it the way it was. I went to all the glass guys in, in Saskatoon and all the plastic guys and, and none of them could come up with a solution. I even contacted people who make helicopters in BC yeah. and, and tried to see if they could come up with something and, and nobody seemed to be able to, come up with a a really good idea Mm -hmm. so i uh got up one saturday morning and went out there with some cardboard and started working on it and and i got it so it looked pretty good with that piece of cardboard in it so i uh went over to the co-op and and got some plexiglass and and chopped it up and stuck it in there and i said yeah that we can we can do that (laughs) yeah so then i got some then we were putting new stock uh windshield in the stock car so i uh took the old windshield uh which is lexan yeah and cut it up and put it in, and that's what's in it now. Oh, is, is a piece of Lexan. It's clever, isn't it? Make yeah. your own. Yeah. Well, and and it can, and it looks pretty good. Yeah. And, and and hardly anybody even notices or even knows what it is. So, but it, it came out really good. Uh, as for the rest of the car, uh, I, I took it off that <laughs> Mickey Mouse frame. Yep. And uh, and uh, I bought a uh, an S10 when, but this one was really good because it already had the had the uh, motor in it. Mm, yep. transmission and when i bought it so i didn't have to uh to put the motor transmission and stuff into it's a 350 and with the 350 automatic yep and um and uh, so that's what i did and and again again we took the and it was a drag truck too it was fiberglass truck so took the body off of it and and then you have to modify the floors and stuff quite a bit uh, it isn't just a matter of just take, taking it and dropping it on there right and and the other thing is 
cars are a lot more difficult than trucks because you can kind of center where the cab is and then you can modify the box when you get to it right to make it fit whereas a car it's, the whole thing's got to fit yeah <laughs> so, yeah yeah so so that it was a little more difficult than than doing a truck but um but it it came out pretty good yeah uh, it um there was a lot of the stuff you know it is kind of cramped for space where the motor is and also there's a kick up in the trunk in the back of the S10 so you have to really manufacture a trunk back there. Mm -hmm. So I also have a fuel cell in the back as well on that thing. So, Well, I mean, for anybody who's looking at pictures, you go to jthomasauto.ca. You'll see pictures of this, this crazy thing, this <laughs> meteor. It's it's a meteor monster, really, because it's it's you know made up of stuff that you wouldn't think is a meteor at all or, or a uh, you know, 51. Um, but, for example, like on the hood, you, you sort of put this sort of channel into it, this carve this you know, groove that gives it some character lines. The nose of it, the actual grill is off of a 50 what? It's off of a 51 meter. 50 meter. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, it's off a 50 meter, not a 51. Right. Uh, the, the 51 was kind of a goofy thing. So didn't use it, but the 50, uh, actually the 49, 50 are the same and the 51 was different, but the hole was the same in the front. Now the original car would have had little sort of flat tail oval shaped tail lights right sticking out the back of it yeah kind of a big round butt that it had but now it's got like it's got fins yeah and did it come with fins when you got it or or did no. you no no that i put uh 56 chev uh, quarters on the back yep is what i did and and uh, a guy in uh uh arkansas made me the tail lights he yeah. had custom tail lights and he and he and he made those for me that's so cool um yeah and, and and people always ask me, well, what are those taillights out of? And I said, they're just out of this car. That's, Nothing. That's yeah. the way it is. One only. But yeah, that's that's what it is. That's pretty so, cool. Yeah, the car, the car, you know, is, is it, it, I did it in probably, oh, less than three years. Wow. Which, which is pretty good for these cars. Pretty quick for a, a complete custom yeah, car like and, that. Yeah, and, you know? and there was nothing, nothing there at all. Like no interior, no, no, anything in the car when I, when I got it. You know what, Alan? We're going to leave it right there for right now. We'll pick up next episode with part two of this podcast and go over the rest of the amazing builds you've done. Just a selection of them. And if you're listening right now and you want to see pictures of these incredible cars, go to jthomasauto.ca. Hit those like and subscribe buttons. And thanks again for listening to Bald Tires. I'm Jay Thomas. Catch you next time.